Hello again, friends, and welcome to an ever so slightly later than I was intending episode four of season three of My Life in Miniatures. That is Mlim, uh, if you're being familiar. Uh, this week I'm talking to uh, Emma Svensson about her incredibly colourful um, history in miniatures. Um, if you're familiar with Emma, uh, Emma's work, you'll know why I'm saying colourful, because it is bright uh, in a wonderful, wonderful way. Um, who am I? My name's John. Uh, if this is your first uh, episode, welcome. If it's not, also welcome, but in a more familiar tone again. Uh, yes, uh, my name's John Ashton. You can find me at heresyandheroes.com, or you can follow this podcast at uh, my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures on Instagram. Um, I'm also a Mastodon, but kind of in name only, because um, since leaving Twitter, uh, I decided I needed something, but I don't really use it that much. I haven't got time at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, what am I there? Heresy Heroes at Warhammer.social. Um, there you go, that's all my social plugs out of the way. Uh, yes, we are a week late. Uh, huge apologies to Emma, because I think I said to her it would be last week, but it's now this week. Um, I managed to get the last podcast recording done, and then um, my microphone died, complete death. Um, so I'm on a new microphone, uh, which is the same as the old microphone. Uh, it's a Marantz Professional. It's very nice, very good. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, this is another note. Um, as you know, this podcast is available on uh, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Google, Amazon Music, various other places. Uh, this is the last of the sort of regular ones, if you like, um, for uh, this season. Uh, there will be more coming out throughout the year. Uh, I just don't know when yet. Um, I've got a couple of people uh, who want to do it. We've just got to find some time, um, juggling some busy schedules. I obviously have my uh, wonderful reasons for being extra busy this year. If you haven't listened to the rest of uh, the season, uh, I'm expecting my first child. So I'm a bit busy with other stuff as well. Um, but yeah, so this is your prompt from me. Uh, if you do not want to miss the next um, the next episode, whenever it might come out, do make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, on whatever you're listening to. Uh, or live dangerously. That's the other option. Why not? Sometimes it can be very, very fun just to live dangerously. Um, what else have I been up to in the last couple of weeks? I, I've i been playing some Blood Bowl. Uh, more Blood Bowl, because I think I told you last time uh, that I'd had my first game of uh, this newest edition. Um, we're now into the league proper. Uh, I lost my first game if you're going by touchdowns, but I won if you're going by casualties, which is, uh, I prefer doing that anyway, as a, a seasoned orc player, um, that tends to be how I measure things. Uh, so yeah, I had loads and loads of fun, the Norse are coming along quite well, uh, I'm remembering how to update all the spreadsheets necessary to run a, a Blood Bowl League, um, uh, got some advancements already. Yeah, pretty pretty happy with it. Um, and in other news, I've started doing some more sort of fancier painting again. It's very early stages, but I found a miniature that I really, really want to work on. Um, which, if you know, it's the uh, Emperor's Children Praetor from Forge World. Uh, it's one with a sort of uh, the bird head face mask. Um, 
I just think it's really cool. It's massive. I like that. Um, yeah, I've been working away on that. I've got some base colors down on some places. I'm sort of remembering getting the muscle memory back and remembering how to do different sort of textures and blendings and all that sort of stuff. So I figure I've got at least, uh, well, at least a year until I'm able to go to a golden demon, um, again. So, uh, this is a good point to get back on that particular, um, hobby horse, I suppose, appropriately. Um, what about news? What news have we had? Uh, we've seen a bit more of the, uh, the Adeptus Arbites or Arbites or Arbites or however you pronounce it. Um, uh, yeah, I think they're looking great. I like the dog, of course. Uh, they all look really fancy and fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'll try and get my hands on a set of those at some point, I'm sure. Um, I might try and go for the really old school, like military green uh, colours that they had in um, second edition. I thought they they had a really good look back then. So um, let's let's see how we go with that. Uh, obviously, also from Games Workshop, we had the uh, the price rise or price raisings news. Uh, everything's going up, so. Um, Buy them now if you want them cheaper. Uh, if that's still possible, they might have already put them up. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I understand it. You know, uh, if you live in the UK right now, um, it's pretty horrible. Uh, just how much everything's costing and is going up, and uh, you know, it's almost as if Brexit was a really stupid idea. Um, well, it's not just Brexit. It's um, this government that we've had for the last uh, too many years has just been shit. Uh, sorry to get political on you, but you know, again, as someone who's going to have to be buying formula and baby food and nappies and all sorts of other stuff in the near future, I'm kind of annoyed that I would not doing this a year ago because everything seems to be about 50 P cheaper. Um, uh, not everything's going up at GW. Um, I've got the list here. What's not changing? You've probably seen this news already, but things like starter sets, paint sets, paint pots. Paint pots? <laughs> oh, great. The paint pots, the least necessary thing, will not be um, will not be having its prices lifted. Okay. Jolly good. That's a weird one. Why did they pull that one out? That's just odd. Anyway, uh, Citadel Tools, Codexes, Rulebooks, Battle Tomes, uh, and synthetic STC brushes are all keeping their prices, which is uh, which is nice. That's some good stuff there. Um, I'm so relieved that the Citadel paint pot will not be going up in price because there's just some some lines you don't cross, right? That's uh, I mean that would just be heartbreak if that paint pot. Uh, does anyone actually use the paint pot? <laughs> Sorry, I uh, it's just. You know, it's it's like with wet palettes. It's, I see people buying wet palettes, and I'm like, why? Go and buy a tray of Ferrero Rocher, the one that's like, I think there's like 15 in there or something. Nice flat tray. Get yourself some kitchen towel, get it wet, and put some greaseproof paper over the top. And that, that tray comes with a lid. So you, you, you can make it for almost free and just have the chocolate as well. Um, You know... But hey, each their own. I'm waffling. Uh, let's get on to Emma. 
Um, Emma is uh, a wonderful painter. Uh, I love her style. It's very unique. It's very different. I've been enjoying it on Instagram for a long time now. And you can too. If you don't already follow her, um, do go to dice underscore N, the letter N for November, uh, underscore demons. Uh, so that's dice underscore N underscore demons. And that's demons spelled in the normal way, not the Games Workshop way. Uh, to see some incredibly colourful miniatures uh, and some really, really fun hobby ideas. Uh, you can also see her stuff on YouTube. Uh, just go and search for Dice and Demons on YouTube. Uh, and uh, please do uh, like and subscribe her stuff as well as mine. Um, but yeah, I, I think we should let Emma speak for herself. I've waffled on for nearly nine minutes now. So uh, without any further ado, I think that's the first time this season I said it. Is it? I'll have to lift some back and check. I probably won't do that. But yes, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Emma. Emma, lovely to have you on the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm great. Um, slightly a bit cold, but that's, uh, I mean, it's January, so what do you expect, right? Exactly, exactly. We, we up here in the Northern Hemisphere have to deal with a, a chilly January. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not here to talk about the weather. We are here to talk about you and your life uh, painting miniatures, uh, your life in miniatures, in fact. Um, I suppose the question that I always start with is, how did you first discover miniature painting and miniatures in general? Yeah, so um, I was made aware of the wargaming hobby, and when I was a teenager, I had a friend whose brother had a had had a Warhammer army and stuff, and so we actually bought a couple of models and we painted for about a week or two, (laughs) Um, but then it just sort of fizzled out, and we did other stuff and you know teenage stuff. And uh, but I knew that Warhammer existed and wargaming existed, and you could paint miniatures, and so I sort of. Wargaming curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I sort of kept up to date a little bit and then watched some YouTube videos, but I never really got into it until about uh, five years ago now, I think. Um, there was a new shop that opened in my local city, and we had the. Uh, I just wandered in there one day uh, with my daughter, and we were doing some shopping, and I was like, oh, look at this cool, geeky shop. Why don't we stop nice. by? And so uh, the uh, manager of the store opened the door and said, "Well, we're not actually open yet. It was a completely new st- store, so they hadn't never been. They hadn't opened yet." Oh. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. We can just leave." And he was like, "No, come on in. Come on in. It's. Uh, I mean, yeah. Then you can be our first customers." And so he spent about forty-five minutes uh, telling us all about Age of Sigmar and miniatures. And well, um. That was basically it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. told us about uh, he had they had were going to have hobby nights and you could come, you could play, you could learn how to paint and all sorts of things. And it was just a really nice experience. He was really friendly and it felt like actually uh, there were they were going to build like a really friendly and open community. And I thought I could definitely be a part of that. That would be so much fun. And nice. uh, that's where it started. That's a lovely thing to do. Yes. Now, I mean, let's go back to your um, your teenage years then. So your your first ever miniature that you you think, and I know not everyone remembers their absolute first, but uh, one of your among your first. Mm. Uh, tell me about your Bretonian archer. 
Yes, yeah, so um, my friend and I uh, walked into also a geeky store. This is in another city, though. And uh, they said, you can, uh, we can teach you how to, to uh, paint. And uh, so they said, we have some, some miniatures you can just try out. So they gave us one for free, and it was a Bretonian archer. And I remember painting him gray and pink. um with a lot of dry brushing because that was the the sort of technique they were really trying to teach new players or or painters which i think is awesome because dry brushing will get you a very decent results very quickly so it it was really nice um i i wasn't completely in love with the look of the bretonians though so i the models i ended up buying were some i believe some dark elves okay Uh, i thought they looked really cool yeah. Uh, you know, with the purple uh, cloths and the chalices and yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. I suppose that is is one of the things that Warhammer uh, Fantasy um, struggled with a bit was you could have really cool things like the Dark Elves, but unless you were particularly into French medieval history and um, sort of English mythology, the Bretonians were, I mean, I know a lot of people absolutely love them, but um, yes, they're not everyone's cup of tea, are they? Especially if you're looking for a fantasy game. No, no, I, I, the whole thing for me was, was definitely the, the fantasy themes like dragons and, you know, horses and sorcerers and all sorts of things like that. So, so, you know, I mean, it's not like I, I actually do love like medieval history and stuff. So it's just not what I'm looking for when I'm painting. I'm not looking for realism. I'm looking, looking for something that's fantastical, whether it's, you know, sci-fi or, a, or a fantasy. Yeah, I totally, I, I get that very much. Yes, it's, um, I remember when a long time ago, uh, when I was younger, I had to make a choice between my Bretonians and my Skaven, and I picked the Skaven because um, you could. I could go down to the hobby shop and there were historical French medieval things there, and I could just, well, play with those, but um, not many rat men. So, uh, no, exactly. Oh, well, the Skaven, they are a cool army. I've never actually painted, I don't think, any Skaven at all, but I mean... If if they get some new battleline troops, I uh, I might yeah. just start a Skaven army. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, my problem is I just can't. I'm a slow painter at the best of times, and um, for I, I love painting the Skaven characters. But if you said here's forty clan rats, I just turn mm. and walk away. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's too many. <laughs> well, I know the feeling. I'm I have a huge, uh, not a huge, but a, a you know, sizable or orc army, mm-hmm. uh, and it's um. Yeah, I've painted, I think, about 80 old boys. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, rather you than me. Um, <laughs> but all right, let's 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 start talking about some of your orcs then. Um, we move on from the Bretonian then. Obviously, uh, this is a, a, a considerably more recent. Um, tell me about your enjoyment of Gaskell Thracker. Yeah, so that was the first orc uh, model I ever painted. And I had um, I had actually been in kind of a um, can you say hobby slump? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, as you can tell, English English is not my first language. So, um, but uh, so so correct me if I make some some mistakes that that make it difficult to um, yeah understand. But um, excellently, and it's considerably better than my Danish. So <laughs> that's probably true. Not a lot of people speak <laughs> Danish outside of Denmark. No, um, no. But uh, I had been in a bit of a hobby slump, and I had 
been painting a lot of models, but mainly to play. And so I'd been painting them as fast as I could. Yeah. And I, I wasn't really enjoying the painting process as much as, as I had. And so I thought, I'm going to start a new army. I'm going to do a new project because then perhaps I can get back into it. And uh, that was just when the uh, contrast paints also had just been released by um, Citadel. And so I thought, I'm going to paint my entire um, my entire orc army using contrast paints and nothing else. Cool. Because, uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would just be, be easy and fun and cool. And it would just be another way of, uh, of painting that I hadn't tried before. And so I just slapped some contrast paints on Gaskell. And I thought, it looks decent, but it could be better. Because obviously the contrast paints are not really meant for flat surfaces. So they look a little bit splotchy. Yeah, and, um, organic stuff and material. But yes, yeah, a big flat surface. They do struggle a bit. Yeah, so for scales and stuff on on Lizardmen, yeah, then they're excellent. But but on on you know big flat surfaces, not they're not as ideal. Um, but there were some scratches built into the armor plates and Gaskell, and so I thought, well, why not just sort of enhance that look a little bit? Yeah. Um, and uh, and go with some scratch marks to cover up the splotchiness of the contrast paints, and so it sort of uh, developed from there into sort of a cross hatching painting style and that was the first model i tried it out on and was just something that sort of happened <laughs> yeah, nice. uh, which was uh yeah and so so that's why i i'm really fond of gaskell i think i could paint him probably better now but i mean i'm i'm just really happy with him because he is a an important part of the painting journey for me at least yeah nice well that's that's exactly what this podcast is all about um <laughs> and i was going to ask you because you do have a very distinctive style with that cross hatching I, I suppose from a an artist's perspective what i mean you you mentioned about trying to sort of accentuate some of the already chipped bits of his armor but you you went a lot you went quite far beyond that with the cross hatching and yeah why did you lean into that what was the inspiration behind that well, it, as I said, it started with the armor and Gaskell, just ha- trying to hide splotchiness from contrast paints. And then I um, I really just like the stylistic approach to it almost, yeah. um, because I'd, I've been painting and drawing my entire life, like 2D paintings and drawing portraits and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just have done my fair share of trying to be realistic or naturalistic in my art Mm -hmm. and so I just didn't really feel like that was a lot of fun with miniature painting so I wanted to do something completely different and so that's where it it came from basically I just really liked the uh, more stylistic cartoonish look and so I just uh, well I did a little bit of it on Gaskell and I thought that's that's fun and then I just thought well i mean how how crazy can i can i be with it and uh, i don't think i found the limit yet no i don't think not you have for me at least no, no, I think it, it looks great it's definitely got that sort of um comic book style and i suppose the other thing that yes with gaskell you obviously using those contrast paints you really lent into the really bright vibrant colors as well i think between the cross hatching and that in insanely bright color palette i think <laughs> we can definitely tell an emma model from a non-emma model these days can't we <laughs> yeah I, I do get that comment quite a lot oh i was just scrolling past and i could 
immediately recognize this model as yours, which I think is a great compliment, actually, because, uh, I mean, it's it's nice having a style that is distinctive. Um, though I don't, I mean, some people ask, oh, can I, can I try painting like you do? Would you mind? And I, of course not. I mean, I don't have any sort of, <laughs> I don't own this style of painting or anything. I just think it's cool to see people give it a go and come up with all sorts of different results from what I'm getting also. Yeah, nice. No, well, that's great. That's wonderful. It's inspiring people. And I think also the important thing is you're, you're, you're working on orcs. Orcs are all about fun. They should yeah. be the most fun army. And if you've got a fun style and a fun color palette, you're definitely getting the most out of them, I think. Yeah, that was also. I just wanted to do something fun and something that was um, perhaps not low effort, but something that I could see myself doing and enjoying. And I just didn't really enjoy trying to do the whole thing with like really careful blending and trying to get naturalistic looks and non-metallic metal and stuff like that. I, I tried it a little bit and I think, I mean, I could probably learn how to do it, but it I just don't enjoy the process that much. And uh, so I will, will, perhaps I'll do like a non-metallic metal effect on a sword or something for once in a while, but but I don't want to paint an entire army like that. No, no, I quite agree. It's, it's um a lot of effort and also an entire army of non-metallic metal I, I find doesn't necessarily look that good either it's it's sort of it's impressive that someone's done it and i can certainly appreciate the talent and effort that's gone into it but i think when you're looking at a, a whole army uh, just i think basic metallics work just as well or even contrast paints and dry brushing to be honest yeah sure um, but yeah, I mean, if it's done really well, it looks amazing. And I'm completely in awe of people who can do it and put in the time and be patient enough for it. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I said, I've tried it a little bit and it's, uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be able to keep it up the, such a high standard across an entire army. No, no, me neither. Um, <laughs> so we've already got you leaning into a very colorful style. Uh, how about you tell me about your? I think it's a contemptor, isn't it? It's but your your rainbow dreadnought. For yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I painted a rainbow dreadnought. That one was from the um, the Age of Darkness set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was. Yeah. Or is it the Leviathan? Uh, yeah, no, it was from the Age of Darkness set. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I I can't remember exactly the name of the model. Um, yeah. So I decided to paint it in rainbow colors, like themed after the uh, the pride flag mm -hmm. which um i mean it got mixed mixed <laughs> mixed reviews you might say um mixed reactions um but yeah i just think it's fun and i i mean the, the rainbow flag looks really cool to me it's, i mean the rainbow it's i mean can you imagine something more colorful than a rainbow no, so no, no. i mean it matches my style of painting pretty well i think definitely does and why well, i hope the feedback was um nicer and kinder for the most part than um well i imagine some people in the warhammer community would um say about oh that. yeah well. definitely almost everyone was was nice and and Good. even the people who didn't like it were most of them were really you know oh this is just not my uh, cup of tea or whatever which is fine mm. uh, and then there were a couple of people who were yeah, not yeah. as kind <laughs> Yes, well, and we we try not to give them airtime here. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, but I see, well, it's wonderful to see it. How did you get on with that particular kit, that dreadnought? It was um, 
get on do you mean like how, how i how did you enjoy putting it together and posing it and... well i actually I put it together wrong ah okay <laughs> yeah so uh, the pelvic area i put on backwards and it wasn't intentional but of course i got a lot of fun oh, comments right. going oh. with the rainbow theme and yeah mm. um you can probably imagine yeah probably yeah yeah um so, but otherwise i thought it was nice and also so also because it turned out that the, the uh, weapons on the arms were really easy to magnetize if you wanted to go down that route. Um, I didn't do that, but you could easily have done so, which I think is cool because most people, act, I mean, if you want to play with it and you want to be competitive, it's yeah. nice that you can switch out the weapons. So I think it was a nice kit, definitely. Yeah, no, well, good, yes. And actually speaking of playing, I was going to, um, well, I know you've got a lot of orcs, but... Um, yeah, <laughs> you know you're more for a, a painter than a gamer, but do you manage to get much game time in these days? Um, it's sort of stalled uh, during the pandemic. Um, of course, I mean we couldn't meet up in the game club or the game store or anything. Mm -hmm. So um, I found it a little bit difficult to get back into it. Really, um, well, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was sort of the whole aspect of. I mean, I, I have. Before the pandemic, I mostly played Age of Sigma, really. And I just felt like I had lost uh, a lot of the skills and I couldn't really remember it. And I, I thought it would be easy to get back into it and it wasn't really. And so it just, yeah, I lost a bit of motivation for it. Um, but lately I've been getting back into 40K much more, which nice. is great. Um, yeah, the last couple of weeks I have been playing once a week. That's cool. So, and I'm getting a game in this week as well. So that's, uh, I mean, that's great because the more you play, obviously the easier it gets and the more of your rules you can remember and the more you're actually able to, you know, be present in the game instead of just looking frantically through your book for some sort of, of yeah. I still do that though, but I mean, it gets better. <laughs> yeah, but my, I, I have to write so many cheat sheets when I play either Age of Sigma or 40k, just because I cut my brain cannot handle that many rules. It's, um, I just have to have a sheet that tells me what to do when I have to yeah. do it. That's perfect. And I'm very much in favor of cheat sheets. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, cheat sheets are great things. Um, back to the um, Rainbow Dreadnought, I suppose one of the places that I saw this was not only on your Instagram, we'll give a proper shout out to your uh, social media accounts, but you've got a YouTube channel as well, Dyson Demons. Um, yeah, I do. How's that going? Um, it's going okay. I, I'm, I had a bit of a time off really uh, last year, but uh, I'm getting back into it and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nice. I like I like doing especially the tutorials where I show people how I paint my my minis, um, just because it's a nice way of sort of sharing the, the enjoyment of the hobby and people can ask questions and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, it's just cool. It's not, it's not a big channel and it doesn't get, you know, a ton of views or anything, but I mean, I enjoy doing it and, and there are people out there who, who appreciate it and like watching it. So that's great. That's the most important thing, isn't it? You, yeah. Your audience doesn't matter if it's, you know, I remember when I started this podcast, I thought, what if I get like, it's just my mum who listens to this, you know, <laughs> that could very well be it. Thankfully, more people um, have heard it since then, um, uh, especially since when my mother listened to the first episode, she's like, it was very good, but I didn't know anything you were actually talking about. 
Okay. She's so, yeah. probably not not the uh, the target audience then. No, no. She she always suffered my hobby rather than embraced it. So Oh well, yeah. My my mom also was I think my first subscriber on YouTube. Nice. There you go. Yeah, that's, she that's she she support, thought, "Oh, that's that's really nice, dear. That is that's very exciting. Very exciting." Yeah. 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 No, yeah. she's very supportive. That's great. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And she comments on my videos and stuff. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Mm um does that ever get annoying does she ever say anything sort of annoying or embarrassing you from your oh time? no no my uh, my mom also actually has her own youtube channel and does mm. her own online coaching and stuff for a completely different type of hobby she is a dog trainer and oh. uh, so so but uh, so she knows a little bit about you know social media and stuff so so she knows not to say stuff like that is lovely, honey. I remember when you were a tiny <laughs> little girl and, you know, so she's not embarrassing me in public. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she knows a lot of embarrassing s- stories that, uh, for sure, but uh, she's, <laughs> she knows not to, to write it <laughs> in YouTube comments and so on. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes. Yes. It was, um, oh, well, that's, that is exactly what mums are for, but it sounds like yours is pretty cool that she's got her own YouTube channel as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, I mean, yeah, she was, uh, she started out knowing nothing about computers and being like, I'm not sure, how do I get the printer to work? And now she's, uh, yeah, she's coaching online and uh, doing nice. meetings with people all from all over the world. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Now, uh, as cool as that is, let's get back to some of your yeah. minerals um, <laughs> and let's, let's go back to the orcs and uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe these are some of the bubblegum boys. They are. Um, tell me about your squig hog boys and your storm boys. Yeah, so they are some of my favorite orcs uh, because uh, not so much because of the paint job, which I mean it's fine, and 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 they were nice model models to work on, but because I put them on um, some thin pieces of clear plastic attached to the base, which means they will. Uh, wobble when you move them around. <laughs> I've seen so, them yeah, it's very yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm a simple kind of person with uh, simple uh, pleasures, and moving uh, wobbly orcs around a tabletop is one of mine. <laughs> it all, yeah. I mean, I'm always like really happy and making like tiny, oh, wow, 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 noises <laughs> when I move them around. And uh, nice. yeah, luckily the people I play with are pretty. Pretty tolerant. <laughs> What's to tolerate? That sounds like incredibly, again, very fun-based orky activity. Yeah, it's just silly. And I mean, um, I know that I can sometimes, especially um, earlier in, in my painting and, and wargaming um, hobby time, I have found myself being a little bit too competitive, like, oh, I really want to win this game and getting perhaps a little bit frustrated if things didn't go go the way I wanted them to. Yeah. Um, and I, so I knew going into 40K that I had to sort of try to do something to make me remember what it was about, like having fun with your friends and not about winning a game. Um, so yeah. the more silly I can make my models, the more fun I have. Just move simply the joy of moving them around instead of focusing, oh, I I can win this or, oh, no, he got, you know, he got some points in there. And I yeah. can, I mean, if I get too serious about it, I just have to look up my wobbly orcs and, and uh, they'll uh, pull me right back into uh, to the headspace where I need to be. Good. Yes. I mean, I had um, <laughs> one of my guests on the first season of My Life in Miniatures, uh, Sasha, he did mention that it's, it's a great philosophy to go and 
to any game with. He says, you know, it's it's your job over the next two hours, three hours, however long it is, it's your job to make your opponent smile and it's yeah. their job to make you smile. And I think all games would be better if we went into it with that mentality. And I think having wobbly orcs definitely helps. With <laughs> yeah. Um, we we usually have have a bit of a laugh about the wobbly orcs. Uh, also because it's not the most stable arrangement you could ever possibly make. I mean, it's pieces of clear plastic, so they will also snap off and... We can make fun that, oh, it's because they had a little bit of purple on them and now they're being sneaky and they're hiding and now we can't see them underneath the base or, you know. Yeah. 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 So it gives you a, a whole array, array of excuses for just being silly and having fun. Well, good. Yeah. Well, that, again, that's what all players uh, should be. I mean, I, I remember being at uh, an observer at a tournament and the alt player turned up with literally a bucket full of dice. but he used quite a few of them i think it was uh yes but he could just sort of scoop a handful out and just throw them on the table (laughs) if it's not a six it doesn't matter you can throw that one away yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but i was gonna ask yes um the 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 wobbly orcs i'm presuming you haven't done this with any old metal ones because they might um no i haven't i think they might be too heavy um also so I don't I don't think I currently have any metal models in my army. Um I own some, but I haven't painted them up because I I don't treat my models that well. So um paints will usually be scratched off the surface of my yeah. metal models really, really quickly. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they metal does have that trait. And also I think we are a bit more in this age of where everything's plastic or resin, we're a little bit more precious about our metal models. Mm. Aren't we? They they seem a, a little bit more like a a relic or a treasure of some distant past days, I suppose. Yeah, something you might not want to touch because they you they, you can just have them. I mean, I have some, uh, which I and I, I mean I've bought them and I like them, and uh, but I just don't really feel like painting them. I'm, I'm just leaving them. The way they are, <laughs> which is a bit silly, but um, I mean, I have so many old models, and I have a huge pile of shame slash opportunity, whatever you want to call it. So I don't yeah. need to exactly paint those metal models. What do you prefer to call it? A pile of shame or a pile of opportunity? Um, that depends. <laughs> <laughs> depends I, sometimes I think I've. Excuse me. Depends on how big it is, or yeah, and also um, the way I feel about it. I have. Um, I have had I have had times where it felt like a pile of shame because I had so much stuff and I felt bad knowing that some of it I would just never touch. And so I have sold that off. Um and I, as soon as as the things that I wasn't really that enthusiastic about uh was gone, it felt just like a pile of opportunity again. So I'm a, I'm a, I mean I'm in favor of just selling stuff you're not going to use. Uh, and for me, that includes painted model as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. I've, I haven't suddenly painted once, but um, I have uh, my first child on the way. And, uh, oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Um, but yes, in order to pay for a lot of the things that she needs, it's it's amazing how you suddenly look at a hobby room and go, well, I'm never actually going to do anything with it. I bought it five years ago and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah I'll do something. Never <laughs> it's in it's like well stick it on ebay then see what you get for it yeah exactly i i do the same i i I, but i sell a lot of my stuff also as i said painted models if i think i'm not actually going to play with that anymore um or this was a test model for a paint scheme that i'm not going to sort of 
use uh, for a bigger project, then I'm well, I'll just sell it. Yeah, no, that's a good plan. I mean, I should do more of it because it like the few things that I've now got rid of, well, sold. Um, it's amazing how much the space starts opening up in one's hobby room. It's like, oh, there's yeah. a whole shelf there I can use. It's, uh... Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it feels motivating to me. Okay, now I have I have these possible this amount of possible projects, but it's more manageable in my head, and then I can better actually feel feel like true enthusiasm for what I've got left. Um, but I mean. It sounds like I'm like sort of minimalistic now in my approach to owning miniatures. That is definitely not the case. You, <laughs> you could just uh, ask my wife. She thinks I have enough minis to last me the rest of the uh, of my life. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say I've I've never heard of the concept of a minimalist miniature collector. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a, a maximum hobby. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's uh, I think it's a myth that there exist people out there who who paint every single meaning they have before buying new ones i don't i don't believe it i think it's a myth yeah it's, it's like a unicorn um, yeah that's where it exists <laughs> but no it's not it's not real um, <laughs> so if all right if you had to choose between you can save one your squig hog boys or your storm boys which were your favorites um i think the squig hog boys yeah just because the model is so much fun Yes, they are. They are indeed, and they just look silly. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I don't even know what a squig actually looks like. It's not. It's just this most. It's just a stupid animal. It's. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks so silly and awful, and uh, it it shouldn't work, you know, on a model somehow. And it just does because it's for the orcs. Yeah. Well, exactly. If if they believe that it can exist, it can exist. It's. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a mouth with feet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. I I just really like them. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm I think I'll at one point get more of them. Nice. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, uh, always nice to see more squigs. See, I I think out of the two, I still have a soft spot for Storm Boys just because I love the idea of an orc strapping a literal rocket or missile <laughs> to his back as his mode of transit transportation. I quite that just makes me laugh. Yes. Yeah. I think they should have a rule that they could explode somehow, that the rocket would, would just launch them head on into an enemy like kamikaze style or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean it doesn't have to be very likely. It could just be like when they're trying to charge, if you get, you know, two sixes, they overload and explode in right into the enemy the way you you know. So you had you have declared your charge and you know where you're going and now you're just exploding into the enemy and doing mortal wounds or something. That would be yeah, so much exactly. fun. Yeah, yeah. Strength eight, uh yes. Well yes, that'd be wonderful. Um what's I suppose what's next on the list for the bubblegum boys? What's uh, I am uh, currently painting some killer cans. No, I saw that stay on Instagram actually, yes. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, how are you enjoying those? Oh, they're really fun. I have had them for ages and I had started painting them, um, I, I think perhaps two or three years ago. And I just stopped. I don't know why really. And then um, it dawned on me that I didn't like, uh, I didn't like the base colors I had put on the first one. And so I had just not touched them since, even though I really, really liked the, the model. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's like a tin can. You yeah. know, it's a tin can, murderous tin can. Yep. It's as again like like the squeaks. It's just 
all kinds of stupid and silly. And so I think they're perfect. But I have just left them there because I didn't like the first layer of paint. And uh, then I, um, I actually, I, I mean, I could just, you know, strip the paint and redo it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not locked into a paint scheme or a color scheme. I don't particularly enjoy painting. It, it's silly not painting a, a unit that you really enjoyed just because you did not take the time to strip the models, you know. Yeah, but it's funny though, isn't it? Because I've got a few, I, well, I've got a whole shelf of half finished or you know i've put one layer of coat down or i've just built it and undercoated it but there's a few of them on that that shelf that are really you know i've got one in my mind it was um i was going to do a little diorama had a chaos terminator and i did the legs red um but when i looked back at it i hated the amount of contrast i'd got on the legs like i that it was too dark it wasn't going to a bright Mm. enough point and i was just like Oh, I can't be bothered to do do all that again, and I just put it aside, and it's never been worked on since. And it's, no, um, yeah. yeah. Why do we do that to ourselves? I don't know. I but I mean, I have a ton of half finished product, you know, projects. So, um, but I was just really happy getting back into the killer cans, and the whole motivation for painting one was that I I was thinking, I, um, I really want to do something something purple. What could I throw some purple paint at? And so I thought, well, why not? you know strip the killer cans and prime them again and then you know use some purple paints i mean i don't have purple paints on any other unit in my origami so and it sort of doesn't really fit in but then on the other hand they're called the bubblegum boys so anything that you could have on a piece of bubblegum that is allowed in my army so (laughs) what you're telling us is that you've got invisible killer cans yes yeah so i uh, i lose them quite a bit okay yeah yeah Yeah. Nice. Um, and I also actually in the process of uh, digging out the killer cans, I, I also managed to find something that I had lost. I had lost the head for my Gorkonaut. I painted a Gorkonaut uh, perhaps two years ago or something. And then while I was painting it, I lost the head. Oh, it, no. just, it, it just vanished. I didn't. I don't know where it went. It, it just wasn't there. And I searched and searched and looked everywhere for it and it wasn't there. And then while I was uh, taking out the killer cans from my, I have like a, a whole box of, uh, you know, all projects on the go. And yeah. there the head for the, for the Morkonaut was. Very strange. I mean, it, it's the first place I should have looked because it's where I keep all bits that are, you know, part yeah. of a current project. And I don't know. But so now a, I have a coconut coconut head that I don't know what to do with. But I'm 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 I have to do something now. Yeah, well, you, well I mean, very obviously, just to continue with the theme we've been going down, you have to paint it purple because it's been very yeah. good at being invisible. So it's it's so sneaky. It's so sneaky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, what you could do, I don't know how you do this to make it look good, but you could just have the head and pretend the rest of the body is purple. And oh yeah, know, oh my, yes, that that yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so much fun. Do something that looks sort of uh, like invisible, a sort of plastic sh- sort of body, yeah. like clear plastic, so it's sort of see-through. And yeah. then on some sort of, um, uh, what's it called in English? Um, well, you know, something that can bounce. Yeah, yeah. Um, a spring, like yeah, on a spring, spring or something. Yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. That yeah. Great. <laughs> that would be so much fun. And then just a purple head. Yeah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much fun. <laughs> Good. See, again, just to, I know I keep 
uh, lording the orcs, but you couldn't have this sort of conversation about any other faction in Warhammer. No, 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 no. It's just, uh, and that's why I love the orcs so much. I mean, I have other armies and I have other projects, but I keep coming back to the orcs because they're just fun. And you, I mean, you can always justify anything you do with just saying, well, you know, the orcs believe this works. So there you go. That's it. That's it. That's, uh, yeah, wonderful. Um, but it's time for us uh, to leave your orcs to one side for a moment. We're going to talk about another one of your projects. Uh, it's a big one. How did you get on with Crondis the Dragon? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that was a fun painting project. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I think it's one of, the, perhaps not the biggest model, but I think it's the model that I've spent the most hours painting. Cool. Um, and uh, the first, my idea was that I wanted to be a little bit, perhaps do something a little bit more classic uh, dragon colors. And uh, I don't know what happens. Suddenly I woke up and, and there were colors everywhere on this model. This poor yeah. dragon is now both uh, uh, turquoise and, and, and um, neon green and pink and orange and yellow. And it's a, yeah, he's every, almost every color you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a pretty magical dragon. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. So, um, but is, is he part of a wider Stormcast Eternals force or just a one-off? Um, well, so far he's a one-off. Um, but I have, uh, I think, two sets of the dom- the, the Dominion box. Oh yeah. Uh, so I could do a Stormcast army. I also have um, some of the smaller dragons. What are they called? The Storm Drake Guards. Yeah, that's uh, And I painted one of them. Okay. Yeah, so Krandus Krund- has uh, one single tiny body, and that's it so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I really do like the dragons. There's just something about dragons that, I mean, yeah, you got to love them, right? They're classics. There's, yes, there's uh, a reason why there's a whole game named after them and, you know, a whole... They appear so often in uh, Warhammer and everything else. Yeah, they're just, they're dragons. They're cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I think I remember reading that Tolkien uh, invented or brought, had Smaug as a character because he was genuinely disappointed with how many dragons there were in European folklore. But <laughs> only like three of them. We need, you know, you could have so many more. It's, it's, and so yeah, many. I mean, you could have... As many dragons as you like. There is no reason to be. I mean, it, as 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 soon as it's a fantastical setting, I mean, you don't have to feed it or you know <laughs> capture it. You can have as many dragons as you want. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you've got your one very large dragon in Crondis. Yeah. Were were there any particular challenges with painting something that big? Yeah, I painted him in sub assemblies because uh, the wings were the wings are pretty big, and so I thought it, it'll just be, I'll just break something if yeah. I don't paint it in sub assemblies. And um, I had also decided that between each of the scales, I would do a black uh, outline, uh, which sounds like I mean it sounds neat, uh, and I thought it would look cool. And I had completely underestimated exactly how many individual scales there would be on a dragon this size. I mean, it I took forever. <laughs> <laughs> but once I had started doing it, I couldn't really stop because it would be quite obvious where I'd gotten to. Yeah. Uh, so I just had to to keep going once I had the <laughs> once I'd started down that path. Um, and I mean, I, I'm happy I did it now because I think it looks great. But it it was it was just it, it felt 
so silly. Uh, when my wife came in and asked, so what are you doing? Oh, are you still just painting the black lines? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Could you please bring me a bottle of wine or something? <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, now I'm happy I did it. But it, uh, yeah, that that really, oh, <laughs> that took forever, man. Yeah, it, well, it sounds like quite a challenge. Yes, it's um, well, no, but an incredible model, and I've I have seen your Crondis. Am I right in thinking that was in a uh, Warhammer community article? Was that one? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. Nice. It's um, yes. Well, I'm sure everyone can look that up if they can't remember it. But um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well done on Crondis. Now, let's move on to something you've been working on recently, and I know for a fact that there is a uh, video on the Dyson Demons YouTube channel um, d- documenting some of your work on this. Uh, how have you been finding the Arch Lords Discordant? Yeah. So that was. I went into painting him thinking, oh, this is a nice sort of medium-sized project because it's not that big. It's not like the Crondus dragon model or anything. But I think it almost took us uh, as much time painting because it, he has so many tiny details and pieces. And I painted him in sub-assemblies and I think I had, I don't know, 20 different bits yeah. for yeah. him. Um, so yeah, it, it took quite, quite some time. Uh, but I really like the model. It's... Um, I mean, the Chaos Space Marines, they're not silly the way the Orcs are, but they are silly in their own way. It's just so over the top with all the gold trim and all their sort of spikes and skulls and um, all sorts of like things sticking out of their bodies. And it's just, yeah, it's their own kind of silliness, which I like. And I like that it's so over the top. It's just too much. I mean... The, the yeah. models are too busy, they're too detailed, they're, and when I then uh, paint them with neon colors, it's just ridiculous. Which it certainly fun. stands out, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's very impressive. It's, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're right, there is a huge amount going on on that model. And is this the start of more chaos things from you or is this uh yeah yeah i'm planning to do an entire chaos space marine army uh painted in that same style yeah nice yeah and is that dedicated to any particular one of the four chaos gods or no not not really i mean most people when they say what i'm see what i'm painting they immediately go to uh, to slanesh because yeah. they think, I mean, got some excess and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't settled on anything. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually not that into the lore. I think the idea behind the orcs, uh, are, that's that's a lot of fun. But yeah. I don't really read, you know, black library books or anything. So yeah, I just paint what I like painting and then I'll see if I can fit it in somehow. Uh, and if I can't, I'll just say, well, it's my minis. So I get to paint them any way I want even if it doesn't fit in at all yeah it's it's amazing I've got a friend who's just um who's just getting back into painting miniatures he's bought himself his first box of space marines in about 25 years (laughs) um, he he kept he's like how do you paint ultramarines I'm like I don't know how do you want to paint ultramarines and he's like well you know but that message paint them how you want you know, paint them. They're your miniatures. You spent the money on them. They're, you they're, do whatever you like with them. Have fun with them. Yeah, exactly. But I actually remember my very first army that I bought about yeah five years ago, uh, that I had the same sort of feeling of I don't want to do anything wrong. Yeah. I don't want to um, uh, just out of 
sort of ignorance uh, or a lack of experience. I don't want to do something that ends up making the models either unplayable because I didn't, I mean, if you come into this hobby and you know nothing uh, about it, which I didn't, then I mean, I didn't know if it, they had to be painted like the box out uh, in order for them to be playable or, or something. So I was quite s sort of anxious about making mistakes and doing something that would just render them invalid somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I totally get, get the idea of where he's coming from. Like how, how, how should I paint them? Well, and it turns out there is no shoot in miniature painting. Paint them whatever way you like. But you need yeah. to know that in order for you to feel like at liberty to do that, I guess. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I suppose when you get to that stage, it's a very freeing moment, and you're suddenly like, oh, I can. Well, you can create bubblegum orcs or yeah, <laughs> a, a lord discordant covered in all all the colors of the rainbow as well. Yeah, yeah, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah, and you right. can convert your models and you can just have fun with it. And I also think it was quite liberating for me when I found out, oh, I mean, I can just strip the models if I don't like what I did with them the first time around. I mean, yeah. so so there is no, um, I mean, there, there is, you aren't stuck with anything if you don't want to be. Yes, that's very true. Yes, it's a good thing to have in mind. It's it's why pencils have erasers and we have paint stripper, which is yeah exactly yeah. Um, so going back to your your Lord Discordant, uh, is he? Well, you say he's the start of a, a wider project. What's next on the Chaos Space Marine? Uh, um, so I'm not quite sure if they can actually be part of a Chaos Space Marine army, but I just bought a Chaos Knight. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, you can ally it in. Yeah, yeah I think you can. Um, and I do have some other Chaos Space Marines. Uh, I So so far, because I haven't actually had anything I could play with yet, I have just been painting the models that appeal to me. So now yeah. I have uh, a Lord Discordant, and I have a Molar Fiend, and a Venom Crawler, and a Lord of Pos Master of Possession, um, and a couple of obliterators so it's not i don't think it's a playable force <laughs> um but yeah so now i would like to paint the uh, chaos knight uh, right. like the knight abhorrent i think he's called like the big one yeah 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 um, now emma just going back to what we were talking about with um with Crondis, the chaos knights yeah. quite large aren't they <laughs> yes <laughs> And it's quite, silly big <laughs> yeah and have quite a few details that you could get quite lost in <laughs> you decided to outline every particular part of them or well i i i i have this idea that the like i want to spend my energy on the armor plates yeah because no. that's where you can do something that's fun with I mean, you could probably also do something fun with the machinery underneath, but I think I want to spend my energy on the armor plates. So I think mm -hmm. I will actually just uh, uh, spray the uh, underneath parts with the machinery uh, black and then dry brush with silver and then just highlight a couple of details. And mm -hmm. so that shouldn't be too bad. And then I'll spend a lot of time on the armor plates doing nice. all sorts of things with highlights and neon colors and stuff. Yeah, because I, like I think it. if you if you if you do that with the armor plates, no one will really pay a lot of attention to what's underneath those anyway. Yes. You you're very right. I think yes, uh, it's a it's a very good plan. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, and also, I I paint to play. I mean, I, these are not display pieces. I don't uh, intend to use them in a painting competition. I'm not going to Golden Demon or anything. So I don't have to pay as much attention to every single detail on a mini yeah. and i usually don't like for instance on the old boys i'll just 
use a single contrast paint like uh, gold grantifer or some other brown contrast paint for the leather bits and that's it i am not yeah. doing any further shading or highlighting because that's not where i want to spend my energy and i mean as soon as i'm painting you know pink details and bright green skin no one is going to anyway yeah. look much at the boots right i think you're absolutely right i think it's a good way to do it that helps save time and gets like you say gets an army to the table yeah and just uh, i want to spend my time doing what i think is fun and i don't think painting leather straps is fun so one layer of contrast paints and that's it yeah. <laughs> nice well that's wonderful and uh and this has been wonderful as well thank you for teaching us all about your life in miniatures now i have two questions that i ask to all of my guests um on this podcast uh, to end to end our discussion, the first of which is, what's your favourite paint? So I can just pick one. Yep. Oh, um. Don't worry, everyone has that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because someone. there are so many paints, and and most of them won't really work, you know, strictly on their own, right? Ooh, um, I would say, perhaps it would be athematic blue, the contrast paint. It's a good blue, yeah. Yeah, because it's such a nice, vibrant blue, and it'll cover in one go, and then you have a nice turquoise that you can either, you know, just leave as it is, or uh, highlight really easily with just a bit of white or something. Nice, uh, but it was a hard. It was hard to pick because I have I have a lot of favorite paints. Yeah, see, I, I'm dreading the day someone flips this round on me because I've got about three that, and I can't narrow it down. But yeah, I'll save those for another time. But yeah, I can, <laughs> well, so. it's your podcast, so you can make the rules. That's true, actually. Yes, um, but no, I think Athematic Blue, very good choice. Um, and our final question: If you could paint any miniature in the world next, and it really could be anything, it doesn't have to be in this world. It can be out of your imagination. It could be a miniature that doesn't even exist yet, or one that you could buy off the shelves tomorrow. What would you like to paint next? Oh, then I would love for um, for a company to make something that would fit in with the Chaos Space Marines, but it had to be like a um, steampunk unicorn. Steampunk unicorn, I like yeah, it. with armor plates and trim and the whole the whole thing, and perhaps even a, a steampunk unicorn with wings like a Pegasus, but just because I mean yeah. it, uh, you can do anything in a fantastical setting, right? Why not? That sounds fantastic. That's one of my favorite answers we've had to this. <laughs> that like would be it. so much fun. You could paint it any way you wanted to, and it could be. It needed to be like not not a tiny horse. It needs to be big because yeah. sort of like the Trojan horse, big, so you could hide stuff inside it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. Well, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm already thinking about that. I'm trying to dream up how I'd actually make that now. So um, yeah, perhaps someone could do that in uh, you know like sculpted, and it could be 3D printed or whatever. I can't sculpt any anything at all. I have tried 3D sculpting for like ten minutes, and I was just uh, completely disgusted with myself and my lack of ability so uh, I, I i never got any further but i would love to paint it if anyone knows anything like that please let me know because that would be so much fun to paint awesome it would indeed and uh and emma thank you so much for giving us your valuable time and uh, it's been wonderful sure. to talk to you. it's been a pleasure it's always fun talking about mini painting good good it is indeed that's why i do this podcast um, <laughs> and good luck with dyson demons and thank um, you yes thank you very much Thank you so much for having me. And there we go. That's um, another episode all done. Thank you very much again uh, to Emma, who you can find uh, uh, on Instagram 
Dice underscore N underscore Demons, or you can search uh, for the same thing, Dice and Demons, on YouTube and get her content however you would like to get it. Um, I found that really, really fun. Yeah, Emma was a great guest, lovely to talk to. Um, Yeah, there you go. That's the last of our regular episodes uh, in Season 3. As described in Episode 1 of this season, Season 3 this year is lasting for the full year. When episodes come out... uh, you will either know if you follow me on Instagram, uh, that's my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures. I know I said it at the beginning, but I thought I'd say it again. Uh, or you can, of course, um, subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Amazon, Google, blah, blah, all the rest. Um, I did that at the beginning as well. But I just want to reiterate, uh, if you are a fan of the podcast uh, and you would like to make sure that you do not miss any more episodes, uh, that's the best way to do it. Uh, just subscribe and they'll appear in your little uh, I don't know what's it called on my I think it's a little, it's called my library uh, which I quite like um, on my phone because I listen on Apple but uh, but however you listen that's the best way to do it I'm waffling again um, I am going to go off and do some painting why not it's it's the right sort of time of day and I'm in the right sort of frame of mind to do it uh, I hope you've had fun hobbying while you've been listening to this podcast or doing whatever it is that you've been doing while you've been listening to this podcast. Uh, Yeah. Until the next time we speak, uh, and we will speak again, have a lovely, lovely time. Be good to each other. Be nice. Enjoy yourselves. Get the most amount of joy out of life as you possibly can. And yeah, keep looking out for future episodes of My Life in Miniatures. Have a lovely, lovely time.